right, appreciate that song. What a good song. I'm glad that Jesus paid the debt and made me free. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 6 and verse uh, 47. Luke 6, 47. And uh, I'm glad to be back. I was, of course, out of town last week and, and away. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, it, it's nice to get away every now and then. But I tell you what, I, I, I just like to be in a regular routine and a regular uh, thing and, uh, and doing normal stuff. And so uh, you can only handle so much relaxation, and I just can't handle I can only handle like a day of that, and then I got to do something. And so this morning I want to preach on weathering the storm. Luke chapter number six, weathering the storm. And it's really a simple passage. It's a passage that we've heard many times in, in, uh, in Sunday school, and uh, we sing that song, uh, the, the wise man built his house upon a rock, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And, and of course, we know the passage, but as we, uh, as we look at it this morning, I want us to think about this, uh, about weathering the storm, weathering the storm. And, and you might think, well, weathering the storm, boy, you want to, uh, you know, if you think about hurricanes and things of that nature, you might think, well, we got to put the, the wood on the outside to weather the storm and this and that. And really, this passage gives us a whole different idea of weathering the storm. And I want us to think of this as we think of, uh, of course, we recognized our, our high school graduates and we think of college graduates and we think of starting a new phase in life. The, the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter what phase you are in life, uh, that this passage is still important uh, for your life, no matter if you've been out of school for 20 years of your life or 30 years of your life, it's an important part uh, that, that needs to be focused on. And so Luke chapter number 6 and verse number 47, we'll take our text here. The Bible says, Jesus is speaking in this passage, and he says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth, and doeth not, is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the streams did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you again for the opportunity that we have to look in your word. God, I pray that you'd use me. God, I pray that you'd speak through me. I pray, Father, that you would touch each and every uh, heart and each and every listener this morning. And God, I pray that you would... Uh, just speak to our hearts, and God, may we uh, be sure that our foundation is built upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that you would bless each and every life and each and every person that's here, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As we think about this idea uh, of, of weathering the storm and building a good, solid foundation, uh, Jesus here is speaking, and he, and he gives this... As we look at the idea here, he says in verse 47, 
whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. And so he gives us an illustration, just three short verses of which Jesus is going to teach a very important lesson. And he gives us a few thoughts in this very first verse and he compares us uh, to, or he compares them uh, to the house that is being built. The first thing that I want you to notice out of verse 47 is that you must come to Christ. Uh, I was thinking about that. How did you, how did you come uh, to church? How did you come to this church? A lot of times we like to ask that. A lot of times we'll ask if we have visitors that come in and we'll say, well, that's great. How did you hear about the church? And, uh, and a lot of times, boy, people will say, well, my, my friend told me about the church or my, my aunt or my uncle or my grandparents or my family, they told me about the church and they come here. Or maybe they came here. Sometimes they'll say, well, I got a flyer in my door and I, was, I came by that flyer and I'll come to church or uh, maybe some other way. And there's lots of ways that people hear about church. And uh, listen, I, I love to hear testimonies. Uh, and how did, how did you get saved? And how did you learn about the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, I've given my testimony many times. I, I grew up in a Christian home, and I can't imagine not knowing about the Lord Jesus Christ. My whole life from the time I was born, uh, I was always, man, I, uh, I was taken to the nursery. And I, I, they probably had the, the preacher playing in the nursery. And I heard preachers before I even understood what words were. Uh, but... And sometimes people don't have that. And I'm grateful for that. I really am. I'm glad my parents took me to church. I'm glad that when I was a young man that I had trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. But a lot of times people don't have that. And you know what they'll say? Well, a co-worker at work started witnessing to me and told me that I needed to be born again. And, uh, and think, who was it that told you about the Lord Jesus Christ? Who was it that invited you to the Lord Jesus Christ? Here in our verse, in our text, Jesus says this, Whosoever cometh to me. And listen, you must come to Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be saved. Listen, you can come to this church, and I'm glad that you're here. And you can be here and uh, there's many things that you can do, but if you don't come to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, this church cannot save you. The Bible never says uh, that a church is going to save you. Now, it does make the claim that Jesus Christ will save you. One time, I started writing a track, and uh, I was going to write this track, and I was going to write it because so many people are confused and they think of, uh, of this is the way of salvation or many people, they think, well, Mary is the way of salvation or they think that this prophet or that this person and many of them even claim to use the Bible. And I thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a track that shows how Jesus Christ is the only way. And, and I started writing it down and, and, and the more I wrote, I thought, man, this isn't a track. This is the Bible. I mean, uh, the entire four Gospels are written about the life of Jesus Christ. He is the focus of that, that, those four books. And I started thinking about, well, what did the Apostle Paul preach? And you go through the book of Acts, you know what Paul preached? He preached Jesus Christ, dead, or the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And that is salvation. There's no other name, the Bible says, in the book of Acts, given on, on, among men, whereby we must be saved, because Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. There's no other way. 
And Jesus says here in this text that you must come to me. Listen, everyone is invited. He, he says there in verse 47, whosoever. I'm glad for the whosoever's in the Bible. Listen, there's people that will say uh, that, listen, that, uh, that only certain people are saved. Listen, my Bible says whosoever cometh. Hey, Jesus left it wide open. The Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse 35, he says, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And he says a few verses later, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and in him, uh, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Listen, Jesus has never met somebody that he says, oh, you're too bad of a sinner. I, I've, I've talked to people, and, and sometimes they think, well, I'm, I'm too bad. Listen, the apostle Paul, before he got saved, you know what he was? He was hauling men and women, Christians like you and I. He was looking for the church services, and he was grabbing the Christians, and he was throwing them into prison. He stood at the feet of the of the, uh, of the um Deacon, I think it was Stephen, uh, that was serving in the church, a very godly man. And, he, and he, Stephen was, was teaching and, and witnessing to other people. And, and the apostle Paul, before he got saved, came along. And they, they took Stephen and they stoned him. And you know what the apostle Paul was doing? He was standing there and said, hey, you want to take your coats off? You can lay them at my feet. And uh, that way you can throw those stones better. Man, we got to kill this Christian because he's a terrible person and he's, he's not right. He was killing Christians. He was throwing Christians into jail. Hey, listen, if Jesus Christ will save somebody that's persecuting Christians, he'll save you. I mean, he'll save anyone. He said, whosoever cometh to me, and Jesus left it wide open for the whole world. And he said in that verse that we quote so frankly and so often, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life listen he didn't just say it's for those who can clean up their life and live a good life he said anybody who is willing to come unto me can be saved hey and jesus wants to save you this morning he wants to change your life he has given a, a wide open invitation to anyone. Uh, you think about Paul, not only Paul that was persecuting Christians. What about Peter? He was a foul-mouthed fisherman when he got saved. You say, how do you know he was foul-mouthed? Well, you remember at the crucifixion when he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they said, hey, even your speech berayeth you. In other words, your, your speech says you're talking like a Christian. And the Bible says that he began to curse and swear. Isn't that funny? He became a foul-mouthed fisherman like he was before. He went back and said, you know what? I'm not, and, and he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we know, hey, Peter was a foul-mouthed fisherman before he got saved. It would not be uncommon. They say, you know, you cuss like a sailor, uh, and hey, sometimes those people on the sea and the fishermen, uh, they do. I'm amazed at people today. Uh, I, I was walking, and I, I just stopped to talk to somebody, and he was fishing, asked him what he was catching, and, and I, the guy couldn't even give me two sentences without cussing. I'm like, man... Is this, what our, this is where our society is at, really. It just is. But I'm saying Jesus 
wants to save the foul-mouthed person. Jesus wants to save the murderer. Jesus wants to save the person that's, uh, that's lost without the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, whosoever. And listen, he gives the illustration in verse 48 that he digged a deep, found, deep uh, foundation and laid the foundation on a rock. Jesus Christ is that rock. You can mark this down. You don't have to turn there. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, uh, the Bible says, And did all drink that same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. He's proclaiming very clearly that, hey, the rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, he is the one to build our life upon. He is the one uh, to build life on top of. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the only one that will make your life solid. Listen, I would, I would like to think that I could help people, but in all honesty, in all reality, I, I can try to help people, but I'm not the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. You ought to build your life not upon me, not upon your friend, not upon other people that go to church. They may be wonderful people, but in all reality, you have to build your life on Jesus Christ because he is the solid rock and he will never fail you. People will fail you, but Jesus never will. He is the rock. As we think about that, and we think that they must come to Christ, and I started out with, how did you come to church and how, do you get, how did you get saved? Listen, we as Christians, we must share that good news. How, how are they ever going to know if we don't tell them? They're, they're not going to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I mean, it's commanded. We know that. Uh, I've said that many times. And, and listen, uh, not only was it commanded, it was illustrated. You think about the disciples, and they went out and they shared the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to everyone. Let me ask you this. The Bible says that the disciples turned the world upside down. There was only 11 of them. They did not have internet. So they didn't live stream their services. They didn't have dial-up, and I'm glad we can do that. I, I'm not against that. I'm glad that we can allow that to happen. But I'm saying they didn't have that. They didn't email their friends and send out an email invitation. They didn't post it on Facebook and say, hey, uh, why, don't you, uh, why don't you trust the Lord? They didn't even, get this, they didn't even have gospel tracts to pass out. Think about that for a minute. I love gospel tracts. I think you ought to pass them out. I think you ought to get them out into the hands of the people. But what I'm saying is the disciples didn't even have that. How did they do it? You know what they did? They used what God gave them, their mouth. They opened their mouth, and they told other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. Are you grateful that somebody, are you grateful that you're saved this morning? We sang that song. And man, I, I'm grateful that my debt of sin is paid, that, that, that it's all paid, that I don't have to pay for my own sin. That, I'm grateful for that. Listen, if I'm grateful for that, that automatically makes me grateful for the person that told me about the Lord Jesus Christ. It happened to my parents that would take me to church, and I'm grateful for my parents that they raised me in church, maybe for 
it was a coworker, maybe it was a relative, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was somebody else, maybe it was somebody who knocked on your door, maybe it was a, a, a pamphlet that you picked up reading. I, I remember the testimony of my youth pastor, and, uh, and he got saved sitting in a laundromat reading a gospel tract that somebody had left there in the laundromat. He got saved reading that, and he looked over and found a church and started going to church. And he might not have ever met the person that left that gospel track, but I tell you what, uh, you're grateful. You ought to be grateful for the person that told you about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're really grateful, we ought to tell other people. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but if we don't tell them that they need to come to Christ they're not going to come to Christ. The first thing that we see in this passage is Jesus says, whosoever cometh to me, we must come to Christ in order to weather the storm. The second thing I want you to notice is he says here in this passage, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings. Luke six forty seven. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings. Now, Jesus, when he was alive, taught all over the world, or all over the, the not the world, I'm sorry, all over uh, Israel and, and, and uh, Judah and, and all of that area that he would travel. Now, I, I would have loved to have been alive and go and sit by the seaside of Galilee and listen to Jesus Christ teach. I mean, could you imagine sitting there and listening to Jesus himself teach and give? And, and the Bible says uh, that, uh, that the people loved Jesus. Why? Because he had taught as one having authority. Well, because he did have authority. He is God. And he had all the authority and he could teach. But and the, 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 the truth of the matter is uh, that we don't have Jesus Christ is not here today walking on this earth and teaching. He's not here. But I tell you what, he has ordained preaching of the Word of God. I was thinking about preaching and, and giving out the Word of God. And listen, it's to be done in the church house. Uh, there's, listen, I was thinking about this. It's kind of amazing. There's radio preachers, and I enjoy listening to preaching on the radio. There's TV preachers, and I don't watch them. I don't really listen to them. There's preaching on the Internet, and you can find stuff. There's podcasts. And, and, and listen, as you think about this, I want you to understand this. The majority of the radio preaching that you hear, the majority of the Internet preaching that you hear, the majority, I'm talking about good preaching that you hear that's out there, you know where it's done? It's not done for the radio. It's done behind a pulpit in a church to people who are gathered together to hear the Word of God. All those messages, you, know, you can replay them on the radio, yes, and I'm grateful for that. You can replay them on the Internet, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. But the fact of the matter is that God has ordained preaching, and He's he ordained it in the local churches that the Word of God could be preached and taught. Where else can you go in the world and hear the Word of God? You go to the restaurant this afternoon, they're not going to be teaching the Word of God. They're not. You might talk about the Word of God. You might, you might discuss the Word of God. You might discuss the message. You might discuss passages that you read, and that would be perfectly fine. Uh, but there's not somebody up uh, preaching and teaching the Word of God. And you go to work tomorrow. There's not going to be somebody preaching the Bible at your workplace, unless you work at a church, and even then, I'm not going to be preaching here tomorrow. 
I got other work to do. And there's not going to be preaching. You say, well, I'll put it on the radio. That's fine. But remember what I said? That, that message probably was preached in a local church to a local assembly. That's the matter of fact. And we find that preaching uh, is, is, listen, that's how God gets the word out. Uh, you don't hear preaching at your workplace. You hear preaching at the, wor- at the school. Well, not the right kind of preaching. They'll preach, they'll teach, but it's not going to be the word of God. They're going to give you a lot of information, but most of it, if it's a worldly institution, is going to go against the Word of God and not before the Word of God. And so what I'm saying is, listen, God has ordained preaching uh, to be given out for the people. And listen, he says, he that cometh to me, you must come to Christ and you must hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's only one place that I know, bless God, to hear the preaching of the Word of God, and that's in the church house. Listen, I'm grateful, I am, that for the fact that we can live stream our services. I'm grateful for the fact that people can call in and listen to our services. I really am. But listen, the fact of the matter is, if people were not gathered here, preaching the word would not be possible through the internet and through all that stuff. If we had just a virtual service and we did it for a short time, man, it about drove me nuts. Why? Because I want to see people. I want to see God's people. I, I want to see your faces. I want to, I, I want to be able to, to see people, and, and I want you to be able to see each other, and I want you to be able to have fellowship one with another. And listen, it's hard to have a virtual fellowship after church. Church service ends, and everybody hits off, and they're gone. And church service ends here. You can, hey, how is your week going? You can fellowship with other people. But God said, hey, uh, the preaching uh, is to be done, and that's to give out the word of God. And he said, listen, uh, that we need to hear it. He's ordained it to be done in the church. And listen, uh, Paul admonished Timothy. He said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. And sometimes, listen, preaching is offensive sometimes. Preaching is encouraging sometimes. But hey, preaching is what we need to hear in our own lives. Last Sunday, I went to a church and uh, I did, when I go on vacation, I don't go on vacation away from God. Uh, I went to a church and I listened to a preacher and I enjoyed it. It was not, you know what I enjoy? What I enjoy. I enjoy going to some unknown church, independent fundamental Baptist. I, I look them up. I find ones that I, I can go before I go. And I enjoy meeting people that are just like you and I, that love the Lord and that this morning they're meeting down there and they're preaching the word of God down there and we're preaching the word of God here. It encourages my heart to know that, hey, there are churches gathered just like our church this morning that are preaching the word of God. They're faithful to the stuff. They're sticking with the word of God and they're preaching the word of God this morning. Hey, that's what ordained. The Bible says in Titus 1.3, but hath in due times manifest his word through preaching. That's what God has called us to do. So he says, and heareth my word. We got to hear the word. Listen, not only do we have to hear the word through the preaching, we have to hear the word. We have to pay attention to the word. I'm guilty just like you sometimes. Does God speak to you through reading his word? Yes, he does. He does speak to you through, and you ought to read his word. And sometimes I'll read the word and I'll read a chapter and I'll go back and I get lost in thought and I, get, I distract myself. 
I'll be like, what did I just read? And I don't remember. I go back, man, I don't even know what I just read. I got to go back and reread it and find out what, what I read. And sometimes people in preaching, this might surprise you, they don't pay attention. Man, they're counting the bugs in the ceiling and they're, uh, they're, they're thinking about this and thinking about that. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, he that heareth my words, you have to listen. Turn with me back to Revelation chapter 2. Save your spot in Luke as we'll be back there. I, I read this and, and this just jumped off the page at me. Uh, Revelation chapter number 2. And I want to give you time to find it. Revelation chapter number 2 and verse number uh, 7. We're going to read. We're just going to jump for, through a few verses here in, in Revelation chapter number 2. And, uh, and you'll get the idea once we get there. But in Revelation, there's a message that God is giving to the church. And it's a very important message. And look at what he says in Revelation chapter number 2 and verse number 7. He says this, He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look with me at verse number 11. Same chapter, verse number 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look with me at verse number 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look with me at verse number 29. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look with me at chapter 3 and verse number 6. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look at verse number 13. He that hath an ear to hear an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look with me at verse number 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Do you get the message that he's trying to get across there? He's repeated that several times. Hey, every one of us have an ear this morning. You can reach up and grab it. And he's saying, I'm speaking to those that have ears to hear. And he said, hey, pay attention and listen to what the Spirit hath to say. To who? To the churches. That's us that are gathered here. He's not speaking to the banks. He's not speaking to the restaurants. He's not speaking to the schools. He's not speaking... Uh, to the other people. He's speaking to the churches and listen where the word of God is preached. The spirit of God works in conjunction with the word of God to touch people's hearts. I in and of myself can't touch your heart. I wish I could. I'm not that gifted of an orator. There are gifted orators and they were able to move and sway the minds of people. But listen, only the word of God can touch the heart of mankind. And God uses the preaching in the churches to touch the heart. And Jesus said, he that cometh to me and heareth my words. And listen, we need to pay attention to what the Lord is saying. We need to pay attention uh, when, when the preaching is going on to what the Lord is saying. Listen to what the Spirit is trying to touch our heart about. And listen, I, I sit in preaching just like you do. Man, I enjoy going to pastor's fellowships. I enjoy hearing preaching. Why? Because the Lord talks to my heart just like he talks to your heart. There's something about being under the preaching of the word of God that's helpful. And he says, he that cometh to me and he that heareth my sayings. Back in verse number 
Luke chapter 6 and verse 47. Not only do we need to come, not only do we need to hear, but look at what it says there in verse 47. And here's the clincher. He says, and doeth them. So we have coming, we have hearing, and we have doing. You know, he expects us to do. There's many people who come, there's many people who hear, but there's not as many who do. We need to purpose in our heart to be doers of the word. James talks about that, not being a hearer only, but being a doer of the word. And Jesus himself was teaching that. In verse 48, he goes on and he says what he is like, the ones that would do the word of God. In verse 48, he says, He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that heart and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Listen, the foundation of a house is one of the most important parts of that house. I was driving into church this morning, and I was looking around. And you know what's amazing? You'll never see the foundation. Not, not, not just driving around. Unless you dig down and you actually look at that foundation, it's out of sight. It's something that takes place on the inside, it's deep down. It's something uh, that is labored. And listen, uh, you could put up a structure tomorrow if you didn't have to dig a foundation. You go out there and just, man, you slap a, I could slap a couple walls together, two by fours, and, and, uh, and cover them up and, and have them all stand. I could build a box that's standing in the yard. It wouldn't take me very long at all. But if a storm came, there's nothing founding that thing. It's just going to get beaten and blown apart and fall apart because there's no foundation to it. And, and what he's saying is, listen, that that digging, look at what he says there in verse 48. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep. He didn't just say he, he dug a little bit in the dirt. He dug deep down in that foundation. I remember as we were... Uh, we had gotten a piece of land and we had started building a house in Peru as we were there as missionaries. And, and man, I remember them digging down and digging out those foundations. You think about this, in Jesus' day, they didn't have, they didn't just bring in that, the, uh, the backhoe and say, here, dig this three foot deep or four foot deep and dig it out. They were digging those, those foundations in Peru. You know what they were out there with? Picks and shovels. I kid you not. They dug that foundation with picks and shovels, and we are talking man. It's not easy. Man, I, I don't even have a garden in my yard because I don't feel like breaking up the sod, to be honest with you. I, I don't, I, I don't want to go out there and, and break up that sod. And Jesus is saying, listen, that, that he digged deep. In other words, he was going down because he wanted a solid foundation the higher your building goes, the deeper your foundation must be. The higher your building goes, the wider your foundation needs to be because it has to have a solid place to be able to sit. Now, if you want to build a smaller house, you don't have to go as deep or as wide. But I'm telling you, every single structure, if it's going to withstand the storm, it needs to have a foundation that is dug deep. Listen, graduate, young person, Listen, adult, that maybe you've passed your years of graduation. 
Make sure you have a solid foundation on Jesus Christ. Or when that storm comes, your life will fall apart. I didn't say it. Jesus did. He said, if it's not built on a foundation, when the winds blow, when the rains come, when the streams come, that place fell down. And look at what he says in verse 49. And he that heareth and doeth is, is like a man. And excuse me. He that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the streams did beat vehemently and immediately... It fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Can I say this? Both the doer and the not doer, there's going to be storms that will come in our life. I don't know where the idea of if you're a Christian and you're saved, that, that your life is going to be easy the rest of your life. Jesus Christ's life was not easy. He, he said, I hunger. He said on the cross, I thirst. He, he did not have a pillow to lay his head on. He fell asleep in the back of a ship. He didn't have a place to sleep and didn't have a place to rest. And listen, his life was not an easy ride uh, on earth. He could have been the king. Of, he was. He is the king of kings. But he did not live a life of luxury and ease here on this earth. He had a rough life even coming to this world. He was born in a manger. He was not even born in a, in a, in a suitable house or a, a place that would be uh, for a king, much less a person. Uh, he was born where the animals lived. And, and I'm just saying this, that the idea that, hey, the Christian life ought to be a life of ease and a life of simplicity. Hey, the Jesus said this. He said, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. I don't know about you, but when it rains, it rains on my house and my neighbor's house. It, it rains on everybody's house. It rains on those who are just. It rains on those who are unjust. And when storms come, and listen, we will have storms in this life. You will have difficulties in this life. And I'm asking you this. Are you built on a foundation that's going to weather the storm? You can build a house but as you labor to build a foundation it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of labor you know if if I were to start digging a foundation and I were out there with a pick and with a shovel and and, and I were digging a foundation it would take me a while I, I would be slow not only that you wouldn't see much because you would see a pile of dirt and that's all you would see in the meanwhile, if another guy right across the street started building and he didn't bother with a foundation and started, man, you would think, man, he's got this nice structure. You'd look and see that guy's got a pile of dirt and this guy's got a beautiful structure going up. And this one would be more attractive, to be honest with you. It would look like he's getting more accomplished. It would look like things are going better for him than I'm over here sweating and, man, I'm dirty and I've got piles of dirt and that's all I got. I'm out there playing in the dirt. And he's building. And if you were to compare, you'd say, man, that guy's doing really good. And that guy, mm, not so much. That's what you might be thinking. Listen, the devil will always make it look like, wow, the world is really advancing. And the world really has a lot to offer. And the world is really looking good. And the world has, man, that's shiny. Listen, you can build a really shiny, nice structure without a foundation. 
And I can build a foundation and put a little shack on top of it. But it doesn't matter how pretty that looks. It doesn't matter how attractive. It doesn't matter how big it is. When the storm comes, and it will come, the Bible says here in verse 49, uh, it says at the very end, and immediately it fell. And look at the last phrase, and the ruin of that house was great. It was a beautiful structure. It was big, but it had no foundation. And when the storm came, it fell, it plunged, and it was no good. What I'm saying this morning is Jesus said this, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show to you, I will show you to whom he is like. Go back up to verse 46. I want you to see this. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? I want you to notice this in verse 47 and verse uh, 49. Both of those people came to Christ. Both of those people heard the words. The only difference between the two was one was a doer and one was not. You understand what I'm saying this morning? A lot of people are not afraid to be associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that will tell you they're Christian. There's a lot of people that will, uh, that will uh, look like they're Christian, and you will think, wow, uh, they're good. But there's a problem at the foundation. And, and I don't know, I, I, I just know this. I'm not asking you to run around and inspect other people's foundations. I'm asking you to look at your own foundation. Are you a doer of the word or just a hearer? We have a lot of hearers. There's a lot of people that will listen. Jesus said we need to be doers of the word. And that's what makes the difference. That's what makes the foundation sure that we're doing the Word of God. This morning as we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, there's lots of hearers. There's lots of people who come. But have you been saved this morning? Are you born again? Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, John... John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So you came and you heard. But have you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior? Can you tell me the time that you asked Jesus Christ, maybe not the day specifically, but can you take me to a point in your life where you said, I know I asked Jesus Christ to save me. I put my faith and trust in him, and he changed my life. Are you building on the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you sharing the Lord Jesus Christ to other people? As we think about graduates and we think about people moving into a different stage of their life, listen, graduate, continue building your foundation. Don't let go of the Lord Jesus Christ.
I want you to be successful. I want your house to stand when the storms come. I want things to go well for you, but it will only come well for you if you build your life on Jesus Christ. That's what's going to weather the storm. God, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart. God, help us. Help us as mature Christians to continue keeping our foundation based on you. God, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart. God, I pray that you'd bless these graduates. Help them to build their life on you and have a solid foundation in you. Help each and every one of us, Father, to have a solid foundation in you and to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. We ask this in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play a hymn of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. This morning, are you a doer of the word or are you a hearer only? Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, well, I, I've heard of Jesus and I know that he died on the cross to save me from my sins, but I've, I've never put my faith and trust in him. Why not do it today? Listen, that, that'd be getting the shovel and putting that first shovel in the ground to get that foundation. Build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be successful. When the storms come, when the winds blow, when the streams beat against that structure, it'll stand. Not because I said so, but because Jesus Christ said so. And your life will hold up. Oh, you might have some difficulties along the way. There's no doubt. 